G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We're going to be talking about the topic of fear uh, in this next hour. Our guest is Wendy Burns. Uh, She's written a new book called Unmask, Stop Hiding and Start Living. It's about transformation through trauma and pain into joy and purpose. Wendy is an internationally certified John Maxwell leadership coach. She's also a speaker and a trainer. She speaks on topics such as leadership, empowering women, as well as inspirational topics uh, and also the hard topics like suicide, domestic violence, alcoholism and sexual assault from the viewpoint of a survivor. You can find out more at her website, wendyburnsconsulting.com.au. She's based in Darwin in Central Australia. She's also written a book called Remarkable You, and I've had her on the radio before. Just love hearing Wendy's heart to minister to people. Uh, last time I had her on, we had people ringing up and asking for prayer as well, and she prayed for people live on the radio. It was very powerful. So we will open the phone lines in around about 20 minutes' time, talking on the topic of fear and faith. What is, what's the difference between fear and faith? Maybe you want to join the conversation. Get ready to call through in around about 20 minutes' time. And... Uh, I thought to start the conversation, we should ask Wendy uh, to uh, give us a bit of a weather update. What's it like in beautiful Darwin today, huh? Yeah. Hey, good morning, Matt. Lovely to be with you here today while Neil's off having a lovely holiday. Darwin today, it it was 18 degrees this morning, so it was really quite lovely. Uh, But it will get up to about 35, so not as humid as normal, but it it will get hot. We're coming out of the dry season and into the build-up, which is not pleasant. Well, it is great to have you with us on the line today, Wendy. And uh, I know that uh, last time I spoke to you, when I heard you share your story, I just thought, wow, this is a story that needs to be told. Uh, Many people have gone through uh, a horrific time in their life, but have stayed there. But you have risen up. Uh, You're now using your tests to become your testimony or your message become your message. You've got an amazing story. Do you want to just share a bit of a snapshot of your family life and your background and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Um, And it it does come with a bit of a warning. If there's children listening, there are little bits that are hard to hear. So uh, my story is a but God story. So, you know, it's but God. Otherwise, I wouldn't even be here today. Um, as a, as a child, I grew up in a home that was uh, filled to overflowing with uh, alcoholism and domestic violence. It was the absolute norm in our home. That's how we lived. And um, ma, dad, violent uh, to mum, uh, to us kids. Uh, and I'm, I'm a, a, a family of, I have uh, three sisters and two brothers. I couldn't count them, Matt, for a minute. I forgot <laughs> how many I had. Uh, one that, that died at birth. On my 13th birthday, and let's just go there, let's just start with the story because this is the big one. This is when you when you hear this, you'll know that, but God, where would I be? Mum and Dad would always be off drinking at the pub or drunk at home, whatever this, the circumstance was on that day, but there was always drink involved in it. 
quite often when they're at the pub, they pass out in the gutter at the end, uh, not being able to get home. And, and us as kids would try and get them home or the police would try and get them home and look after us. But this, on, this particular day, we actually made it home. Um, Dad um, made it. Um, Dad got us home. I don't know how because they'd both been drinking. When we got home, uh, even though my dad was a violent man, I still loved him and I still I, I knew to do exactly what he told me to do because if I didn't, I'd be in trouble. He went into my room and he went and laid on my bed and he asked for me to grab, uh, get him his gun, to get his gun for him and bring it to him. And, you know, I'm 13. I'm just doing as I'm told. I have no idea what's about to happen. When I walked in the room and I gave it to him, he said to me, this is how you kill yourself. And he put the barrel in his mouth and he pulled the trigger right there in front of me. That was pretty horrific and horrifying for me to witness. And what I did in that moment, all I could think of was I didn't want anybody else to see what I'd just seen. So I grabbed my brother and uh, um, my sisters and we ran down the road to get away from them. Uh, we ran to an auntie and uncle's house um, just because that was the only place I knew that we could go to, thinking that we would be safe there. Hold on to that thought, thinking we would be safe there. The police came and, you know, they investigated and, you know, do what the police did back then. Uh, and I said it was an accident and I think I was covering for my dad as much as I was covering for myself because I was blaming myself I'd kill my dad. I had no counselling at 13. There was no support for me. Uh, we stayed with that auntie and uncle that night and um, mum way of coping she was shattered but her way of coping was to just get drunk get drunk her and so I was trying to console her and when she was asleep and everybody else was asleep I was walking through the house crying because I was I was inconsolable I, I was in shock obviously in shock but then you know this 13 year old girl not knowing what's going on the house that we were at was an old house and the bedrooms didn't actually have doors they just had a bit of a curtain and my uncle called out to me from his bedroom and he said to me, come on here, come on, come on in and let me let me cuddle you, let me comfort you, you'll be okay. But his form of comfort that night was to rape me. So here I am, I'm 13. I've participated and witnessed my dad's suicide and then my uncle's answer was um, to rape me. My life as that 13-year-old child just was shattered and... What I picked up from all of that was shame and guilt and responsibility. See, we pick up responsibility for other people's actions, even if we're not responsible. Uh, my auntie had come in when I was screaming with my uncle and she blamed me. So it was my fault. So it was my fault that dad had died. It was my fault that my uncle had done this to me that I didn't even know then was rape. Um, so it was, it was a pretty low benchmark to start from, Matt. Wow, Wendy, you know, I've heard you share before, but every time I hear it, it just, you know, you, you just get this, you know, feeling in your gut like, oh my goodness, how can anyone survive such a, a horrible uh, season of life? Uh, but you do have a redemption story uh, after all this. T tell us uh, what, what happened next. Well, my life was really out of control for a very, very long time and really until I was 34, you know, I got married twice and, uh, you know, I, I, was, I was a control freak wanting to control everything and I was, believe it or not, Matt, I was a pretty bitter, pretty angry person to be around because I, I still hadn't processed any of this. I don't know how you process it without the Lord. 
Um, but at 34, I realised that something had to change for my kids. Um, and um, so I started to go to church, right? When we're in the world and we, we don't know what else to do, quite often we'll turn to the church, and, which we're grateful for. But I did. I turned to a little Church of England church and I was already on the same path as my parents. I was drinking heavily, always contemplating suicide for myself because that was, you know, they say that we're, we're marked by our tribe and that was my markings. But God says in Psalm 139 that we were created together in our mother's womb. So Amen. there's a difference here. So I was marked by what had happened with my family. And so that was the pattern. That was my, what will I do when things go wrong? Well, you know what? My parents have shown me you take your life. 34, I was at a point of thinking, well, something's got to change for my kids. So I went along to church. Not for me, for them. I was way past any help. But what I found is these beautiful women that friended me and they invited me to go along to hear a guest speaker. And I thought, oh, no, I'm not on any part of that. But I love how God just knows what we need, right? And he'll make a way anyway. And I went along and I don't even know what the message was that was shared. But when they did an altar call, I tell you, I was the first one out of my seat to be out the front uh, for someone to pray for me. And so that, that night when this lady prayed for me, never, ever forget it. She said to me, God knows the guilt you're carrying over your father's death. Mm. Matt, nobody knew my story. Wow. But, but this woman invoked within me that night that this God knew my story, mm. knew what had happened, but I still didn't give him full control. Mm. I accepted Jesus, but I still was trying to control everything. Mm. There's a difference, isn't there? There is, absolutely. Um Tell us what happened next. Um, I'm still going on. I'm going on in my life, you know, still trying to control, still trying, looking for somebody else to approve of me. You know, we get to the stage uh, as men and women, uh, we think our titles and, you know, all those important things make us worthy. And we forget about the intrinsic worth that we have when we're, we're created in our mother's womb. Uh, I went on, I become quite high up in, in Queensland government. Uh, to the point that I was leading a very big part of that that um, area in Queensland government. I just don't want to mention names today on the radio. You can read about it in my book. Until one day that I was stood down from my job and put under investigation by the Crime and Misconduct Commission, right? That's a biggie. Um, it, I was all masked up thinking that, you know, I was okay. I was going to church but I still wasn't giving Jesus all of my heart. I was hiding parts of my heart that I didn't think even he would accept. And we do that, don't we? We mm. think that we're unacceptable in parts of our lives. But you know what? I love the fact that our Heavenly Father will never leave us in a place when he knows that we just need to take that extra step to be fully and wholly committed to him and fully and wholly committed into union with Jesus. So I was stood down for my job. And I don't know if you remember, Matt, that really red dust storm day, 2009, I think it was, over Di over Brisbane. I'm going to say Darwin, but it was Brisbane. It yeah, was I probably from Darwin. Yeah. Um, and that was the day um, that God really got all of my life. Mm. Because here I am, I've lost my title. I've lost my sense of what I think is going to make me worthy. And I was fearful. Fear came in. People, I would never be accepted. I'd brought shame on my family. And I've got this fear coming in at me that day as I sat on my lounge room floor thinking I can't go on. 
it, this is it, I've got to take my own life, this is the end, I can't live in this space anymore. And you have this voice, the enemy of our souls wants us to think there's no hope, right? And that's what was happening for me. So I'm caught up in the feelings and not in the truth. But the amazing power of, of God stepped in. As I sat there on my lounge room floor and I planned my suicide, I remembered the scripture of the women, woman with the issue of blood. And in that moment, I thought, if I'm going to find my way out of this, and I don't even know, it has to be Holy Spirit, I reached out and I cried out to Jesus. In Jeremiah, it says, when we seek God with all of our heart, we will find him. Amen. I was seeking him with every single fiber of my heart that day. And in that moment, I reached out. I put my hand out in faith. I put my hand out and trusted. If I'm going to get through this, it has to be Jesus. And when I did, whatever that was, that, that suicide that had hounded me, that generational inheritance that had been passed down, it was like it disappeared. It, when we speak out the name of Jesus into a very dark situation, the power of the name of Jesus steps in. Mm. And in that moment, I gave my heart fully to the Lord. Mm. That was the true defining moment to be where I am today. See, God will never leave us in a place where we're attaching ourselves to other things when he wants us fully attached to him. Wow. That's well, a nutshell version. Yep. Well, you, you've been through so much, and now God's given you this platform. You've released books. You're, you're a speaker uh, with the John Maxwell Leadership Group. You, um, you're a coach. You're a trainer. You do all this as well. Uh, and, and this latest book, Unmask, Stop Hiding, Start Living. Tell us the heart behind this book. Uh, well, part of what the reason I wrote this book is um, remarkable. You just told my story. Re uh, Unmask is about dropping the mask that we hide behind as, uh, behind as women and men because we mask up and we say we're okay, which is exactly what I was doing. From the external looking at me, I was fine. I had it all together. But internally, I was dying. Internally, I had this battle, but we wear masks to cover up what's going on because we want people to think we're okay. We want people to approve of us. So Unmask is all about dropping that facade and dropping those masks and really working through the things in our lives where we need to heal and not hiding anything from the Lord. Mm. You know, Wendy, I remember preaching uh, during the middle of the COVID lockdown. Remember when we all had to wear masks? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and I remember, remember saying to my church, we've been wearing masks all our lives. <laughs> you, can just, you can just see the mask that we have to wear these days. Um, yeah. But the, the truth is we, we all have some kind of mask that we wear, that we, we put on a, yeah. a brave face, so to speak, or we put on a show uh, on, on, our, on our exterior when inside we've got all sorts of trouble. So how, yeah. do, we, uh, how do we stop hiding? How do we demask ourselves? Oh, it starts with the, the initial step, doesn't it? It's about making that decision that you know, no longer want to live that way. Mm. And, and I talk about it in, in Unmask, and I talk about the fact that we can come back and renew. We can renew ourselves to the Lord, come back and think about who we are in the Lord. And, mm. and that is about uh, those first steps. So in each chapter, just like Remarkable You, Matt, I've put some some action for you to take. So it's action choice, a belief choice. So it requires an action for us to drop that mask, to dig a little deeper, mm. to expose what's going on inside of us. And it's about the belief that we can do it and the belief in the fact that our Lord will take us through that. And then it's always a choice. See, back on that, that, that day on that lounge room floor for me, it was a choice. 
it is always the choice we get to make. So I lead the reader through some great action steps on, on areas such as emotions, because emotions are such a big thing on this journey of masking up. Yeah. Our emotions take us for a ride uh, through the movies that we play over, all those things that have happened we play over and over again. Our attitude, dealing with regret, and our finding our way to keep going and, and knowing that the only way we can get through it is with Jesus. Mm. Look, we can get so far in the world, right? We can have trauma counselling and all of those things, but it's only so far. Mm. If we want to be fully healed, then that's when we come back to the Lord. And that's where we get that full healing. But it does take courage. And fear will always will always try and hold us from going that little bit deeper to be able to deal with the trauma or to expose ourselves fully. So starting by one thing, what's one thing that I can drop my mask on? Where can I be more authentically who I am? Mm. Instead of worrying about what others might think if I actually expose who I am. And, you know, you, you talk a lot in your book about uh, how fear wants to control us, you know, and I often like to say that fear, you, you can either spell it F-E-A-R, forget everything and run, or you can say it F-E-A-R, face everything and rise. And, oh, and, and I, I love that. I love that. There's, there's two ways to look at fear, isn't it, you know, like, and, and the, the truth is we all, we all get that little voice in our head saying, oh, you're no good or you, you're never going to succeed or, you know, um, we've got to learn how to tune out uh, that voice of fear and tune in the voice of God. Is, is that something that you, you want to unpack for us? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we get those little whispers, don't we? Like, you know, for example, jumping on here today with you, is the technology going to work? You know, that, that, that fear comes in in those little quiet whispers. And I think, yeah, it'll be okay. But, but it's still there. We have mm. to deal with it. It's not a one and done. So fear is not something we've dealt with it and we never have to face it again. It is something that's always going to be there. And it almost, I want to say it almost stalks us mm. because the enemy of our soul says, you know, he's there, you know, be alert, right, because he is there. But courage is a knowing that we can look at fear and say, and this is what I've had to do. I see you, mm. but I'm going to step past you anyway. And I think that is the biggest decision. Everybody has courage within them, Matt. Like there's this little courage door inside of us and the door handle is on our side. Nobody can open the door for us. We have to turn the knob on the door and open it ourselves. And when we do that with that first step to say, look, I see this fear, I can hear you whispering in my ear, but I'm going to go ahead anyway. I'm going to step over you. I'm going to ignore you. And that's the first stage of being, being courageous because we all have courage in us. And the word says, be strong and courageous, be strong and very courageous, right? Mm. And that's when we speak to fear and say, no. So far, but no further. And we've got Jennifer from Redcliffe. How are you, Jennifer? Not good at the moment. I've, yeah, just been out of, in and out of hospital and stuff. So, oh. yeah. Well, that's no good. Did you, did you have a question or a comment for Wendy? Uh, just, um, yeah, I was listening to the subject about overcoming fear and just wanted to know a bit more about it. Fantastic. Have you got a comment uh, or a, a comment there, Wendy? Uh, Jennifer, I think, you know, just learning to find our way through fear is, is a big deal, isn't it? And if it's something that you've dealt with in your life. Uh, uh, Jennifer, are you part of a church? Are you part of a church community or church family? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's really great because it's important when we're in that stage where we're working through things like fear and and finding out who we are in the Lord to be connected to our church family and to into some little life groups or connect groups. But fear is something that learning to overcome it and, and starting to do that by getting into the word and and looking at the scriptures that God tells us. And there's a beautiful one, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer, in Isaiah 41.10, that where the Lord tells us to not fear that I am with you. And I think that's, a, and if you read that scripture, it really reminds you that he covers us with his righteous right hand and he will guide us through it. So fear is, and I love what Matt said, face every uh, everything and rise so it is about having the courage that within us and jennifer you will have great courage because you've even picked up the phone and rung us today to be able to step in and say you know what i'm going to overcome this fear so you come back to what's one action you could take today and maybe that action is just simply being in the word and looking at the scriptures that show us that god tells us that he will help us overcome fear yeah yeah. Jennifer, would you like some prayer from Wendy today? Um, yeah, I guess so. I'll... Anything, yeah. in, anything in particular that you'd like some prayer for? Well, as I said, I've just come out of, um, well, it's called Parks. It's a, basically a um, mental hospital. Yeah. And then it's in, it's in another place where you can start to come home, but they've sent me home because I ended up with gastro. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, yeah, now I'm home. It's like it's a big thing. Okay. Yeah. All right, Wendy, you okay, okay. To, to pray? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Matt. Well, Heavenly Father, we just come before you now and we just lift up Jennifer before you. And, and Father God, I thank you for the courage that you've instilled within this woman. And right now I pray for your protection to be over her and around about her, uh, that you will... Uh, enable your people to be around her and support her through this season but through this season through this season of overcoming fear and dealing with all the things that have been going on in her mind and her heart lord god that she will find you in it that she will know that she is not uh, in this journey or on this journey on her own i pray that you will empower her with your inner strength your word says that you will empower us with your inner strength and i pray for that empowering of your inner strength in her and through her I pray that you will uh, consecrate her uh, afresh to you, that as she comes in, when we consecrate something to you, Lord, it comes in under your provision and protection. So I pray for your provision and your protection over Jennifer at this time. Father God, lead her through your Holy Spirit to your word. Lead her through your Holy Spirit to your truth. And let this be the day of the stepping stone of the choices that she will make that will take her deeper and further into you in jesus name what the enemy would want to take her out with father god you use it to turn it for good in her life i pray in jesus mighty name amen amen, amen. thanks for your call jennifer god bless thank you and if you'd like to call through phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316 and we've got wendy from casino is that mum how are you mum well, it's actually Wendy B. I thought I'd better just make sure, I, you know, you understand I'm very much like Wendy Burns, but <laughs> Wendy Bonham face. No, hey. I'm going well, thanks, Matt. I was meant to call you today, Mum, so you beat me to it. Well, it's not Mother's Day or my birthday, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've, I've actually got a poem in my poetry book, Harvest Time Poetry, and it's called The Mask. 
Okay. So I thought I'd better read it out for you today because it was quite appropriate listening to Wendy's story. All right, go for it. Go for it? Okay. The mask, it's called. Naked we come into the world. No clothes, no name, no mask. But it's not much further down the track that we begin to ask who we are and why we're here and what place we can find in this great puzzle we call life. We strive with all our mind to search for an identity, a tribe where we belong. We wear a mask to fit the part, to blend in with the throng. Then Jesus comes and calls us. Follow me, he says. I have new robes for you to wear if you will just say yes. He helps us to take off our mask. If we will just obey, then gently guides and teaches us to live a whole new way. Stripped of all we held so tight, nothing left to hide behind, his word shines bright upon our life, renewing all our mind. In this new season of our life, pretense must hold no place. We know that we're a child of God and trust all to his grace. Oh, that's fantastic, Mum. Well done. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Wendy Burns, yeah. Wendy Burns, any comments or thoughts on that poem? Oh, I really love that, Wendy. That is beautiful, and it just goes beautifully with my latest book. I, I, I need a copy of that one. That is, uh, and so very true. You know, and I, I often say, Wendy, that um, we, we're born, you know, we're created in our mother's womb, and then the world starts to mark us. And that's why, you know, unmasking is about remarking who we are. So coming back to who we are in the Lord. And, and I love that. That was a beautiful poem. Thank you so much for sharing. I'll have to send you a copy of the book. I would love it. <laughs> Maybe you okay. can do a book swap, girls, hey? <laughs> book swap. Oh, sounds great. <laughs> okay. Bless you. Thanks for your call, Mum. Love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, you never know who's going to call here on 2020, <laughs> hey? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay, uh, we've got uh, Cheryl from Port Macquarie joining us now. Are you there, Cheryl? Yes, I am. How are you? Good. You got a question or a comment? Yes, I do. I, I just I resonated with Wendy's story because I had some abuse when I was younger, and then I entered into a, an abusive marriage. And um, I'm, God is healing me. It's beautiful. I'm out. I'm free. God is healing me, and it's so wonderful to hear that he, he's healed Wendy. But my question was, I'm renouncing fear, I'm, I'm getting through it, but there's this overwhelming fear of men, and I'm trying not to put them in the same box. Sorry to be upset. Um, I, I know that not all men are the same, but when I have to deal with men, there's this fear that they're going to react to me in the same way as the men that have abused me. And I just was hoping Wendy would have some tips to help me get through that, if possible. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Cheryl, I was just going to jump in, Matt. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Cheryl, Cheryl I understand that. And I think um, for me, I had I couldn't trust men after what had happened for me. And so it had to come back for me trusting my Heavenly Father. So he was the, the become the man in my life, this father figure, this figure of a man that was when I started to trust him. And so fear leads to trust, doesn't it? That I was able then to start to to look at men in a different way. But it, until we can come back and really just sit in with the Lord and know that we can fully and deeply and honestly and openly trust him, 
that's I think is where we start to then see that we're safe in that space and so where when we're safe in that space then we can start to look at men in a different way but in saying all of that and that's that's my platform that's my foundation also when you are in a situation with men making sure that you feel safe so that's really important because in the past or experience so we we work from a lived experience so when our experience is that we've we haven't felt safe we've got to create a new lived experience right we need to experience something different so ensuring that you have some structure and boundaries around you so you feel safe and you can just pop your toes into that water and knowing that what happened in the past doesn't mean it's going to happen again and i think that was the biggest thing cheryl my first marriage was violent as well because um we get caught up in that that that's we we seem to think well that's what I'm used to, that's the norm, but it's not the norm. So it was then with with my second husband, and you know, he's a Christian, finding out that men are different. There are men out there mm. that are different. And so knowing that we can trust the Lord to show us that. And so but and also I think it's really important to to work through forgiveness. Mm. I know that wasn't our topic mm. today, but I think we can talk about fear and trust and hope and faith and any of those things without forgiveness. Because for me, the biggest key, as well as learning to trust my Heavenly Father, it went hand in hand with, number one, forgiving those people that had mm. harmed me, those men, and even the women. But then mm. forgiving myself. Mm. That was a big deal. Once once I went through and walked through that forgiveness, and sometimes I had to do it more than once, and I've, I've said it out really clearly, particularly in this second book, so you know how to pray, is about once we forgive, we start to see things differently. We, we went, start to see through a new set of eyes. Uh, joining us from Townsville, we've got Daryl. Uh, Daryl, you got a question or a comment? Yeah, I'd just like to thank Wendy for uh, sharing her testimony, and um, I've got to say that um, 30, 30 odd years ago I was hooked up in drugs and crime and got arrested facing 147 charges and I was looking at doing some serious time I was locked up and I got on my face before the Lord repented and asked him to forgive me for what I had done and I invited him into my life and I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord told me to hand myself into the police station. And I did. And walked in there knowing that I could be very well going to jail. And confessed to the detectives what I'd done. And they walked out of the room. They come back five minutes later and they said, you're free to go. You're... um." We don't want you. you. You can go. So I was set free from 147 charges. And I faced that with fear. I went in with fear. And I come out victorious. Wow, well, Wendy, what a story, hey? Yeah, incredible. Well done, Daryl. It's what you do now, isn't it? When you come out victorious and think, so what's the step I take now for the Lord? And I love that. Mm. And. You know what else? I was thinking about the stone that's been rolled away. That stone was, has held my life in fear, and that stone become my stepping stone, not not my block, not my fear. 
Yeah, that, that's so good, Daryl, because there's no guilt or shame in feeling fear. It's the step of courage you take when fear comes that counts, right? It's the courage yeah. you take, the steps you take. So well done. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Good on you. Uh, Thanks for your call, Daryl. And if you'd like to call and join the conversation, give us a call, 1-800-316-316. Uh, we've got Carol from Queensland. How are you, Carol? Well, thanks. You got a, a question or a comment? Yeah, well, I've got a question. Um, Wendy, I've, I've, your story has really touched me because I've got a same, similar background. Um, I'm Aboriginal as well, um, too. But I need to know at the moment, God has healed me of all that type of trauma. But today I deal with the fears of others. Um, I've always wanted to write my story like, you know, you, you're a real inspiration to me. And I've all, but I've been held back because of others in my family. And especially I have elder, elders who, um, they don't really want that, you know, don't want, really want that exposed and people reading about it. And it, and I just, at the moment it's got me on a hold because I, I don't know actually what, how do I get around this? Because this is my story and this is how God healed me and what God brought me through. And yet, you know, there's this respect thing that I have to res show my elders. Um, it wasn't them who did it. It was the person who did it to me is, not, is no longer alive. Um, but it also goes, can, my story can actually go back into history and even involve my community, involve my white community as well. And so I'm just, do you have any advice for me as far as wanting to write my story? Look, I think, um, and, and I do understand the respect for elders, so I just want to say that. But I also want to say this is your story and there's a power in the storyteller. And I think, you know, if God is leading you, I, I, read my, I wrote my Remarkable You when I really felt the Lord say to me, write it now or you won't write it. And so I wrote my story and my family didn't know my story till they read the manuscript before it went to print. So I, I wrote my story and then my family read it. And, and I wouldn't, I, I would not, I, I'll be honest, I wouldn't have gone ahead if I'd felt they didn't want it out there. But I knew God had told me to write it, so they were going to agree with it being printed. So my advice would be, it's between you and the Lord, your story. It's your story. It's your testimony. So write your story, Carol, write your story. And then ask the Lord, how does that then sit with the respect of the elders? It starts with writing it. So I started speaking it before I wrote uh, and to many churches all over the world. So start by writing it and then ask the Lord, what's the next step? And you know what? He will absolutely lead you through it every step of the way. If your story is meant to be out there, that's what you do. But in writing it in itself will be so healing for you. The power of putting the words on the paper are so healing. Oh, thank you very much for that. Good on you, Carol. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're the first one told me to go ahead to do it. <laughs> Well, it's thank between you. you and the Lord, Carol. Yes, it's between you and the Lord, not anybody else. Yeah. 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 Thank you. God Good on you, bless Carol. You. God bless you. Thanks for your call. Phone Bye. lines are open on 1800 316 316. And we've got Abraham from Fairfield in Sydney. How are you, mate? Oh, every day is a good day in the hands of the Lord. <laughs> good on you, brother. What would you like to chat about? I want to chat, like I love this subject, 
uh, the power of fear or, or the in-power of fear. Yes. But I wanted to think, say a word of encouragement for everyone out there. Um, just briefly on my story, back in February 2020, I fell over and broke my neck and my back. Um, when I was taken to the neurosurgeon in Brisbane and the neurosurgeon looked at myself and done multiple operations and he said, Abraham, this is the best we're going to do. You're not going to walk out of this hospital. I want to encourage people, don't take that as a negative remark. Take that as a positive out of that and create the positives within the power of God and yourself. Before, um, after the operation or so, I said to the Lord, Lord, it's not up to them, it's up to you. But not just up to you, but it's up to me to make movement as well. It's like the story of the, the cripple who wanted to walk to the well to be healed. I utilize that story in my heart and my spirit. But then when Jesus said to him, get up and walk, that's what I did. I got up and walked. I walked out of that hospital in Brisbane within 14 weeks. So my, my, my thing to people is be encouraged and do something about things. Don't just sit there and just wait. Like you can wait for the word of God, yes, but also you have to take that first step as well. Mm. So, so that's my thought. Mm. I, I love that, Abraham, because it does require of us, um, we need to be intentional. And that's why yeah. in my books, I talk about action, belief and choice. And and coming back to, you know, your circumstance and, and those situations that we get to pray for people that are in the condition that you were in, praying for God's kingdom come and God's will to be done is so important. Um, and trusting him in that space. So, But it does require an action. Nothing happens. I would not have been where I am if I didn't take the actions that I needed to take and, and have the belief and, and make those choices. Everything is the power of choice. Uh, and, and we all own this. It doesn't matter who we are. We all have it in our hands. Every single day, it's our, it's our daily decisions that will take us closer to the Lord and the call he has on our life. Uh, or take us further away. So the power of choice is very strong. 100%. I agree with you 100% in that aspect. Good on you, Abraham. Thanks so much for your call. No problem. Have a wonderful day, guys. God bless, God bless. If you'd like to call through, phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. Our guest is Wendy Burns, uh, author of a new book called Unmask, Stop Hiding and Start Living. We're talking about overcoming fear today. Uh, we've got Emma from Port Ferry. How are you, Emma? G'day, mate. How are you? Uh, any fitter, I'll be dangerous. Oh, that's good, isn't it? <laughs> have, you got a, have you got a question or a comment for Wendy? Well, i got a little story. I think she would like to hear it. Go for it. Well, when I was in Bendigo, in Wilker Street, ages and ages and ages ago, i seen my sister... Now, I was praying for the Lord to help me to, to find my sister. I haven't seen my sister, say, about uh, 40 years. So I found her. So um, I found out that m my sister's got cancer. Oh. And, um, sorry. 
and uh, I've been keeping in touch, and she's in hospital. Wow. So um, Pete's taken me up there Friday or Saturday to see her if she's home. So um, that's the story I want to say. Mm. So, and, and she's, you know what, Matt? Yeah. She's, she's the only sister I've got. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Well, well, you know, Emma, can I just say I'm so glad you called up today because you know, I've, I've chatted to you on the radio a few times over the years and I remember you sharing that you, you gave your heart to the Lord after hearing the yes. sermon on Vision Radio and you got baptised. I got baptised and I'm glad I did. You, you, you're on your journey, but just because you become a Christian doesn't mean everything's rosy, is it? You, you still have battles, you still no, have storms. It doesn't happen the way you want it to. Yeah. Really. But Jesus is with us no. in the storms, isn't he? But he's there. Mm. He's there with me all the time when I go to church. I mm. know this sounds strange, but I've got my own front seat in the church. <laughs> right? My, my own chair. <laughs> and I sit there and I look at the statue of Jesus. Oh. I know this sounds strange, right? But Jesus is looking at me. <laughs> Does that make sense? That's beautiful. Wendy, what are your thoughts? Oh, Emma, thank you for sharing. And that's a really hard story to share. And with somebody that we love so much and you search for her for so long. And, and, and the thing is, you know what? Jesus is not just with you when you're at church on Sunday. He's with you all the time. Mm. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. And, and so just making the moment, you know, life isn't a bed of roses for any of us and, and stuff happens. But who you are in that for your sister right now, knowing that, that you can trust the Lord to, to lead you and guide you when you go and see her at the weekend. And you can speak hope into her. And you can, you know what, Emma? You can even pray for her. And wouldn't that be a wonderful thing to be able to do when you're I with her at the what weekend? Else? What's that? I guess what else I gave her. What did you give well, her? So I went to church the, the other day. It was three weeks ago. I they, they got this cupboard full, all the bits and pieces, and I got my sister a cross with a chain. That's with a beautiful gift. That's a beautiful gift. Emma, would you let me pray with you? Can I just pray with you? Would you please? Because I'm unsettled. Yeah, but, but let, let's sorry. just... No, no, no. There's no sorry with tears. We never have to apologise for our tears, right? You know, Jesus cried. He cried just like we cry. So let me just pray for you, precious. So, Heavenly Father, we just bring our beautiful Emma before you. And I just speak the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ over her and around about her uh, in this moment, in this time, in this season with, with facing her sister with cancer. I pray that your peace will fill her up to overflowing so much that it's just oozing out of her. Father God, she needs your peace. Just anchor her in this storm of life to you so that she'll know without a doubt that she is not alone because you never leave us and you never forsake us. And your word says that. That's the promise that we get to anchor to. So I speak your peace over Emma this day. And the days leading into when she goes to her sister and the days beyond, that this day will be a mark of a, a rock of remembrance day because things will change for Emma, that she will be so anchored to the trust and faith in you, not the fear of loss, of losing her sister, 
but faith and trust in the one who never changes. I, I, pray, I speak your blessing over her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Um, could I, before you go, is there a chance I can get your book? Then I can sit yeah. down and read it. Yeah, you can, if you do have a Kurong where you are, a Kurong bookstore. No, I haven't. No, okay. no matter. Uh, no, 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 no. Thank you can get it. You can get it from me. So, so maybe, um, maybe you can find me. Um, are you good with the internet? Do you know how to find the internet, Emma? How to find people? I haven't got internet. Okay, so what we'll do, we'll work it out. Somebody will have your details, yep. and somehow or other, I'll get you a book, Emma. <sighs> we'll get your details, and we'll send you a book, uh, Emma, just to bless you. Hey, I'll let you know. About my sister later on down the track, Matt. Yeah, keep us posted, eh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, guess what? But do you know that little bird I got? Yeah. That, that, that little budgie? Yeah. I've still got your name on it. <laughs> oh, do you? Did you name your and budgie after still living. <laughs> yeah. So I named the blue one Matt, and, <laughs> and I've still got Robbo, and I've still got Becky. <laughs> Oh, I just want to make you laugh. Oh, I'm just so wanted to know there's a budgie named after me in Port Ferry. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and he's doing well. And oh, he's good. with a little female. Oh, okay, good. Well, <laughs> thanks for making us smile, Emma, and uh, we love you heaps. Thanks for your call. All right, thank you very much. I do appreciate your time <laughs> and your talk. All right, God bless. Bye, Emma. Bye, God Emma. bless you. Bye. Oh, well, Wendy, our, time, our time's almost up, but uh, what a, a wonderful phone call to have a chat with Emma today, hey? Oh, and Emma's phoned him before when I've been on. She's such a beautiful woman, and, mm. and um, yeah, somebody give me her details, and I will definitely gift her some material that just will help her in this season. What a great conversation. We never got through, uh, you know, even a, a fraction of our talk today, <laughs> but we had these beautiful conversations can I just leave a couple of things with listeners? Mm -hmm. Can I just speak a couple of things over this this day? You know, our gracious God took my heart that was broken and filled that was so filled with pain, but He took me on a journey uh, to heal my wounded and damaged life, and He can do that for anybody. And it really does start with just opening our hearts up to Him mm. and just accepting Jesus and giving Him every part of our heart. I got to speak to some wonderful women at a conference on Saturday and, and we talked about, and I talked about it, and, and so many said, you know, we give a little bit, but we don't give it all. Mm. He does require our whole heart. And I read this over them, and I just want to read it, if that's okay. It'll only just take a couple of minutes, a couple of minutes, maybe one minute. Yeah, sure, go for it. No matter how deep the pit, I will always seek you and rescue you because I love you with an everlasting love. Even when you mess up, even when you're careless or mistaken or afraid or broken or weak or fearful, even when you deliberately sin, I still love you. Even when you're incapable of doing anything for anyone or even helping yourself, I still love you. I come for those that make mistakes, those that are overlooked, devalued or despised. I come for the lost, whether the lost is a silly sheep, a silver coin or a squandering son or you. That's how much we are loved. Beautiful. Well, Wendy, our time's up, but I just really wanted to say it's been an honour to have you on the radio with us today. If people want to find out more and get their hands on this brand new book, 
uh, they can go to the website wendyburnsconsulting.com.au and it's called Unmask, Stop Hiding, Start Living, also available at Coorong. Uh, it's by Wendy Burns and you'll find out more at wendyburnsconsulting.com.au and we'll upload the podcast from this show a bit later today as well. Wendy, thank you so much for your time. It was great to be on with you today, Matt. Thank you. We'll catch up soon. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.